Welcome to the Product Agility Podcast, the missing link between Agile and product. The purpose of this podcast is to share practical tips, strategies, and stories from world-class thought leaders and practitioners. Why, I hear you ask? Well, I want to increase your knowledge and your motivation to experiment so that together we can create ever more successful products. My name is Ben Maynard, and I'm your host. What has driven me for the last decade to bridge the gap between agility and product is a deep-rooted belief that people and products evolving together can achieve mutual excellence. Now, this is one of a number of a few special episodes because I was fortunate enough to find myself at Lean Agile London 2023. Surrounded by some brilliant speakers, I had my mic, I had my phone, I had a lot of coffee. And so I plucked up the courage to approach some of these awesome people and ask them to give us their talk in 10. I am here with Haroon Khalil. God, I almost got it right first time. Um, with a slight jingle jangling of cups or uh, glasses in the background, which you always get at a conference. I think it adds to the ambiance. I've just seen your talk, which was very interesting about flamingos. And I was surprised at how good it was. I thought maybe this whole flamingo thing was a bit gimmicky, but you had some actual good content in there. So love to have you on the podcast. How do you feel the talk went? Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me on here. And uh, yeah, it does surprise a lot of people, including me, actually, even after leaving it. Yeah, it feels actually really great to finally do a talk at Lean Agile London um, and talk about flamingos. Um, a little bit about the story is that I worked in an organization a few years ago, and I was trying to introduce flow, and I probably felt pretty miserably, actually, for a few months until I found a flow champion. And it's important to get a champion or uh, someone who can really, you know, notice when you're trying to do something good in an organization, you're trying to really move, you know, people around or, uh, or, or, or create better interactions. And, um, and the flamingo really stuck because it's a metaphor that that, that person created. They, they read a blog about flamingos and they said, oh, you know, I've got this really cool idea. Let's call it the, let's call it the, uh, the flamingo strategy of flow, right? So it comes from flow metrics and the thinking around, you know, flow around cycle times, uh, work in process and throughput, all that kind of like, you know, stuff from Little's Law. But actually it's much more. It's a metaphor that you can really play with. Um, and my talk just spoke about, you know, four things really, which is flamboyance, which is a flock of pink birds that you see in the wild, all bopping their heads, as you will see, and they kind of signal and ask to be noticed from their, uh, their fellow flamingos. Um, they also have these really cool courtship dances, over 160 with nine signature ones across the world. They're in five out of seven continents. What's not to love about them, right? And the pinker they are, the healthier they are. So my kind of talk was the essence of it is that, um, you know, the pinker the flamingo, the more healthy the ecosystem because it shows that there's crustaceans, small plants and small animals within the, within the, uh, within the land that they're occupying. So it actually shows that it's a healthy ecosystem. So for me, it's about how are we as change agents or as coaches or as leaders uh, creating pink flamingos? What are the conditions of change that we're trying to create at a systemic level, not just at the individual level, but as a flock, you know, and flock unity is very important for flamingos as it is important for human beings. We are social creatures. We like to talk about stories. We like to go around the fire camp, right, and talk about stuff as people used to. Um, and now it's podcasts, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm liking this. Flamingo appeals to the very, like, cheesy joke in me. But it's, it's solid. I like it of a flamingo. And you were saying that the healthier a flamingo is, the, the more pink it is. So if I'm thinking about an organisation, tech or product organisation, when we're talking about flow, we're talking about from point A to point 
Z, let's say, and kind of how an organisation defines A and Z is kind of up to them almost. So kind of with that in mind, and we're talking about how do things flow through your product development system or flow through your organisation to kind of get some something valuable out to customers' hands. What would you say then are the characteristics of a really pink organisation? Not to want to kind of get into any kind of Frederick Laloux, like Teeley type organisational things, but what would you say is then the characteristics of a really, a really pink Flamingo organization? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think what comes to mind for me is uh, is, fil- is the word filter. And for flamingos, it's about filtering these crustaceans, uh, the small algae, the plants, the animals that they're trying to do to create that pink. So the way I see that in the organizations is what are we doing to get closer to the customer? We have all of these development teams, software development teams or non-software development teams that are trying to push something out to somebody. We're not just creating value or trying to create products and services for just for our own flattery. Um, it's kind of nonsensical. You see that quite a lot in big corporations where you get pet projects or you get a sponsor that's, you know, um, the high paid person in the room saying, this is the bet that I want to make and let's go with that project, right? And it's like a million dollars signed off and what a waste of money it's been. And he never gets accounted for. Or well, it's normally he, but it's, there are, you know, you know, people who are um, other than men in, in executive positions. But for me, it's about how are we really understanding the, 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 the dynamics of users. Uh, what metrics are we tracing um, rather than just looking at flow metrics? Because flow metrics helps you to determine the delivery and execution part. It may, not, it may not help you to understand what is the meaning, what is the worth of a particular you know, feature or product. And I think most of it, it comes down to uh, guess anyway. I mean, most of our product bets are, are large guesses, right? In complex adaptive systems, nothing is too known. We might know at least some parts of the of of the system but it's very difficult to ascertain all the qualities of what we're trying to build it's only until we put something to production or we launch a new product or service to customers that we really get the value mm. and i think the the biggest value for me anyway when i look into product development is not just what we um you know what customers pull as the products or the features that we're trying to produce, but it's the learning, the process, right? It's what feedback are we getting from the wider ecosystem to know that how do we adapt the product or how do we launch new products um, into the market and disrupt the market? And that's always been one of my big, is it a bugbear? I don't quite like I don't even know what that means, like a bugbear, but it's definitely something that's grieved me over the years is when people will measure cycle time or measure like how long it takes to get something into customers' hands. But then almost as a moment it's in the customer's hands, they stop the clock. And it's like, well what are you measuring? I mean that for me that's a real vanity metric because you're measuring how long it's taking you to get something over the line. But have you won the race? Has your is your bet paying off? Are people using it in the way you thought you're going to? As, as a product person, you want to know that there's a behaviour change as people are undertaking in association with the thing that you've done, and that's in resulting in value, whatever value may be, whether it's just retention or extra money, whatever it is. And I think people are all too often think when they think about flow, perhaps they think about Kanban and cycle times, they just measure to when it kind of goes over the line, rather than to when they actually then prove it's working. And I think that's for me, that's the big difference between like tech firms and product firms. Tech firms are just very keen, uh, old, te- old school tech mindset. Let's just get it out and then they stop the clock. Product firms know that it's kind of much more than that. So with some element of uh, stuff I've seen on uh, LinkedIn, particularly around flow metrics and how they're not really that useful and particularly for the less community talking about how actually they would they'd rather not go for flow. 
I wonder, you know, what I picked up from your talk was actually there's a whole heap of pragmatism there and you were saying things which I think are brilliant around actually, you know, it is, there is a bigger ecosystem. I mean, how, what would you say then if someone looked at your uh, Flamingo strategy, right, and was looking at the advice that you provide and I'll, uh, I believe it was recorded and I'll add a link to the show notes for this every time. What would you say are the, the real things that people need to focus on to kind of not fall into the, the traps that maybe are associated with flow? Yeah, very good question and and great analysis there, Ben. Actually, about um, you know, I, I I consider myself as part of this community, being you know, being you know, uh, uh, had the privilege to you know, being getting tutelage under you know Craig Larman, going to some of his workshops, and I do find uh, um, that flow metrics does have a disconnect as as the initial instinct because when you see it, it's like ah, oh, this is very mechanical from the Toyota world and from Taichi Ono and from the 1950s and this is a very old schema of things we're trying to layer it on to complex adaptive systems and I get it I absolutely get it by the way and I do agree with that point that flow metrics on their own are quite dull right you know they're very very dull very boring but actually coupled with um, a metaphor or metaphors and looking at organizational systems. Um, I think it has it has some resonance there because we're no longer looking at this fixed deadline or fixed scope kind of thing. We're looking at more other measures, and it, and there are there is some empiricism involved in flow thinking, um, and we see it everywhere we go. One only has to see the recent epidemic and seeing the um, the whip limits of going into grocery stores, right? You know, going into your, your local shop. So there is there, there are certain effects that we're seeing around the world, but I don't think flow flow metrics is the thing. For me, it's bigger than that. It's what goes. What are the what are the kind of navigation clouds that are guiding uh, the organization? Flow is just almost like the, the first level. You know, it's the basics really. And if we get too stuck in flow metrics, it's a problem for me. And you heard me in the talk saying I am actually not a fan personally of throughput metrics. Mm. I think throughput metrics are very subjective, and it's it, it, it sometimes actually oftentimes um, is perplexing because what it does is it shows us that what really matters is the count of how many things that we get done per unit of time, which in and of itself is problematic, actually. Mm. And from a product standpoint, we're more interested in, uh, you know, is how is the customer feeling? What's the user experience? What's the impact that of our throughput is more important? So for me, it's about interaction matters at all levels, co-create rhythm and dance like flamingos, look at the practices, master your craft, um, and whatever that may be, software development might be expert engineering practices, master swarming, master peering, you know, master how to really do code in a continuous integration. But in marketing, it might be how to really understand how to reach customers or whatever it might be. Um, and for me, it's about filtering the frustrations. What what types of value are you generating? What nutrients are you unearthing under the mud, as flamingos do? And where are you flying to next? Where what's the next kind of like wetlands as flamingos find to really find those you know, salty lakes? And the last thing I want to leave you with is a pink flamingo is a healthy flamingo. And um, the more that we see of those, and sometimes we see a multitude of different ones, and that's okay too. Not everyone needs to be a pink flamingo, but are you, are you shifting towards a product type organization? Do you already want to have business agility as your lever um, to help you get to where you need to get to? Because business agility is not the goal. It's just a medium. It's just an aeroplane to get you somewhere, right? It doesn't get you anywhere. I feel could talk for a long, long time about some of this type of stuff um, because it is really interesting. And I agree with you on so many different levels. And so my, the one thing I say, which is just floating around my head before we end and I'll hit stop on this, is that like a lot of the things I think that people use, whether it's any framework or tool or approach, actually 
like I'm kind of almost beyond them being a means to an end and just looking at it and saying, right, is this going to actually kind of affect your the way you behave and your mindset in a way which is conducive to what you're trying to achieve? And I don't care what it is almost that people choose. And I think this is, uh, for example, questions around OKRs. Do you know, I just go and say, look, I don't care really like how you want to talk about OKRs, but if it's motivating you and it's aligning you and it's lighting a fire in people's hearts to actually do something interesting and challenging, which is getting you, you think it's going to get you in the right direction, then that that's what you want to get from it. The stuff, all the labels and all the stuff you pay for around a lot of it isn't worth a dime, right? Because it's what are people doing differently? And I think that's why, that's why I liked your metaphor so much. So thank you so much for spending this time talking to me. I will be getting this up onto the podcast very soon uh, with some links, which will be added slowly over the next day or two. Is there any additional closing thought, Haroon? Anything you'd like to say? Just a question for your for your audience, really, is what are you doing to help teams, managers, leaders, and executives uh, see flamingos? Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I absolutely adore going to these conferences and Lean Agile London 2023 is probably one of the best conferences I've been to in a long, long time, virtual or in person. So thank you to the organisers for letting me be there and be part of it. If you want to know more about Lean Agile London 2023, then head to their website, leanagile.london. That will also be in the show notes. Now, if there is a conference that you think I should go to and do more of these talks and tens, then by all means, get me on social media. There's a way to contact me in the show notes. Let me know which one I should go to. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. I am Ben Maynard, and this is a Product Agility Podcast. <laughs>